listen to Two Married Lesbians discuss an LGBTQ plus book each month that highlights the queer human condition as they use connection and humor to relate the issues to us as a queer community. She's Anna. And she's Miranda. I am. And we're two married lesbians. We are. And we're all queer here. All right, all you queer folks out there. Queer uh, bibliophiles. Yeah, queer bibliophiles. I like that. Happy surprise Pride Month drop. <laughs> we are going to discuss Red, White, and Royal Blue. This is an adult romance novel, but we believe parents have the final say about what reading material is appropriate for their child. Author Casey McQuiston grew up in Louisiana, so deep south. Casey is queer and non-binary and uses any pronouns. So we need to figure out, maybe we'll just use they. Let's let's, let's go with that. Because it might get confusing. Okay. Also, from May of this year, they did an interview with Publishers Weekly. And Publishers Weekly asked them what's next for them. And their response was, there's a collector's edition of Red, Ooh. White, and World Blue coming out. That has a, I don't think, I mean, it's written, so it's not, doesn't say it like that, but. Yeah. So this collector's edition. But I, I also had it in the Oprah voice in my oh, head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you get a car, and you, you get a car. You get a special edition. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So collector's edition with a bonus chapter written from Henry's point of view. Mm, so gotta get interesting. that. Interesting. And I'm working on a new book, another queer rom-com for adults. All I can really say is that it's super bisexual, and there's a lot of travel and food. I love travel. I love food. Sounds sounds so, like a win. It sounds like a win. And my history with this book, um, my old book club, which most of us were LGBTQ plus, um, had just the read, plus designates like really awesome, really awesomeness. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Apple TV Plus, like all the yeah, awesomeness. Sure. Um, but anyway, um, so so wait. So then my question is, is is everything outside of lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans? Is that subscription based? We have to pay to no, be pansexual. No, hush. Okay, you're crazy. Okay, no, but <laughs> no, it's just free awesomeness. So it was like a queer book club, and we just got done reading a book that I couldn't get into, and I'd seen this book in the store. It was their first book that they published, and I grabbed it, read about it. I was like, oh my god, this is the book, and it was coming up on June, mm-hmm. and so at our like end of May meeting where we were going to pick our next book. I came in a little late and I had had a glass of wine. And, and you I, came in hot I from came the in, stories I, I've heard. And it was hot outside, so I came in like double hot because <laughs> it was, you know, May in Texas. And I I pressed the book down or slammed the book down in the middle of the table. I was like, this is our next read. And if we don't read it, then I'm never talking to any of you again. And they were just like, what is this book? And I was like, this is amazing. And then we'll talk about the crappy book we just read. Or I didn't read. And then <laughs> this book is amazing. And then, yeah, it was just, that was like... This book was like a salvation from a, a reading rut yes. for me. And then just turned me on to this amazing new author. Also, the fact that this book is set in a magical world where a woman wins the presidency after Obama leaves office. And Trump doesn't really seem to exist. So let's imagine that for a minute. I want to go there. Isn't it glorious? I, I wrote down multiple times. We have a woman president from Texas, no less, who is a divorcee. Like, what is this magical world? I want to go to there. Well, she's married. She there is a first. Yeah, I, I know, know. but like, yeah, because I don't know that a single did person she could win, win presidency. Did she win the presidency as a divorcee? Did she go through the divorce 
during her presidency. Oh, I don't think we learn. I know that, uh, I think they were divorced because her ex-husband helped, was like in Congress, I think. Or he campaigned for her. Okay. As her ex. As her ex. Okay. Because then he was like coming in like, I'm going to help you again, little lady. No, he didn't talk no, he like didn't. that. No, he, he didn't no. talk like that. But <laughs> it was very like non-obtrusive. Yeah. Like, but he, he did try to be like, I'm going to help you again. So you want to talk about our um, our two voices, our two narrators? Yeah. So I, okay. So we, obviously we have Prince Henry. And then of course we have uh, America's first son. Alex. Alex. Absolutely. Who is biracial. Who is biracial. And I, bisexual. All the bi's. All the bi's. He's like, bye, bye. There's not a third, so we can't have an in sync moment. Mm, bye bye bye. Oh yeah, I'm sure yeah, that sorry. That, that one bye shy. That parody must exist. <laughs> um, I okay, so I have bifocals. Sorry, that bi- came bifocals out. Bifocals. I don't when know. He gets like older, older bisexual, biracial yeah. with bifocals. Yeah. Okay. Like, so we to have to the fast older forward. audience. We have yeah. to fast forward to go back. Mm-hmm. All right, that's fine. Okay, so <clears throat> my history with this book was when I met you. Mm-hmm. Um. I, golly, it had to have been an early date. It had to have been, like, technically, it might have been our second date, I believe. The The second date that turned into, it was, let's go see a movie, and then it just turned into all-day errand running together. Okay, yeah. I mean, this is almost three years ago. Yeah, so. it's been it's been a minute, but um, best second date ever. I mean, like, I loved it. It was great. Uh, I bought a car with you on my. But you were date. already scheduled to pick up your car. I like, know, the but way it was you just... make it sound like we like randomly started the process, <laughs> like the trade-in process, like that was finished. <laughs> they were like cleaning the car, vacuuming yeah. it, making and it then, pretty. Then they went, "Oh, surprise! Something doesn't work. You'll have to come back tomorrow." Yeah, that was that was that was a bum deal. That, yeah, that was awkward, but that's okay. And that car turned out to be like the worst thing you ever bought. Not the worst uh, thing. It's pretty bad. It was. It was bad. Problematic. It was a lemon. Mm-hmm. It was a lemon. Um, but anyway, or an orange. It wasn't as bad as a lemon. Okay, so yeah, so like a lime. A lime. Mm-hmm. It was green, Limon. so that works. Limon. <laughs> Limon. <laughs> anyway, anywho, <laughs> um, it's in the morning. We don't usually record in the morning. So I know I feel we're extra all full of piss and vinegar. I'm all coffee and cream, coconut milk. Not coconut milk. Why did I say coconut, coconut milk? milk? I've been thinking about coconut milk lately, but um, no, oat milk and <laughs> coffee. Milk. So I'm like yeah. extra sassy. Ooh. I got some pizzazz going on. I like extra sassy, yeah, Anna. Yeah, you need to do like some yoga or something, some deep breathing to calm down. Okay. Or just need to calm down. coffee until just, my heart just, explodes. Let's get you some Taylor Swift. Oh, I need to calm down. Okay. Any, anywho. So, Back to this fabulous book. Second date. Oh you gosh, we're announced that. to me. Oh, I did. We're going to Barnes and Noble. I'm buying. I'm. I'm buying you some books you have to read. And I was like, they were both queer. Okay, well, this was three. one of them. There what? were three. This was one. The other one became my favorite, like one of my favorite queer books of all time, mm-hmm. which was Once in Future. Yeah, Once in Future. What was the third book? No, the third wasn't queer. It was. Oh, Uncle that's Barnes. right. It yeah. wasn't queer. Yeah, the it third was, one um, wasn't. Gosh, what was that book? It called? was. Uh, it was actually inspired our wedding vows. Yeah, all the bright places. All the bright places. So all the bright places. Yeah, that was a book that I read and just really resonated with me. It wasn't queer, but it was mm-hmm. one like I just wanted you to read because it was just beautifully written. If if you 
I was going to say, if you need a break from queer books, nobody, nobody needs, needs that. that yeah. But if you need an extra reading recommendation that deals with, like, mental, mental health. health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then the book is obviously so much better than the Netflix movie. It was disappointed. They don't really yeah. build up their relationship yeah. as well. It's yeah. like, all of a sudden, there were, there were some supposed good... to believe that they're in love. And it's like, no, I need to see it. I need to see them fall in love. Mm-hmm. I need to feel it. It needs to resonate deep within me. Just like real love. Mm-hmm. This would make a cute movie. This would make such a cute movie. Like, this could be a Netflix movie. Like, we need oh, yeah. some more adult. Or, or a, a fun stuff. summer movie. Yeah, I would think so. And I love that it came out. No, it must have been. I'm trying to think because I say it was in late May, but no, this book came out like June 4th of 2019. So it came out in Pride Month. So it must have been our June meeting that I like slammed the book down. I was like, we're reading this for Jim. Mm. They gave us this beautiful pride gift with their first book oh it is it's it's quite the beautiful gift so okay so i have to share um obviously prince henry is made up but he is heavily borrowed from our current princess oh oh yeah right i um and i didn't find this out until i was high school at the very least but maybe an adult but i am actually very distantly related to um not in class at all no distantly related to the royals to the royals is that why you have a corgi no it's not it's not because i have a corgi no is that why you have a corgi oh no i just like corgis because they're like big dogs with short legs Mm. so they fit in small places but they act like a big dog Mm -hmm. that that it's like a compact big dog which side of the family is it on please say your Uh, father's yeah i believe it's (laughs) it's my it's my father's um, but anyway, we're related to Princess Di, so we're not related to the royal. We're, we're, we're related to the royals through marriage. Okay, that makes so much more sense from what I know about your family. <laughs> All right, let's go on. Um, so, so oh, I, I thought that was a pretty cool fact. Totally. It's okay. It's okay. It's a whole bunch of like fifth cousin, twice removed. Like it's. Yeah, we need to be looking at a family tree to see all the the discombobulated mess that it is. Yeah, in other words, like, there's, I'm never inheriting anything. Oh, babe, I didn't marry you for your money. Oh, okay. (laughs) Good. I'm glad. That's a relief. I married you because I like the way your arms feel wrapped around me. Aw, that's sweet. All right, so, um, I love that there were magazine posters of Henry when Alex was younger. Yeah. And it definitely reminded me of my time when I was a teenager, like, flipping through J14 and getting the pop star magazine, um, you know, the glossy magazines. And he talks mm-hmm. about specifically, you were really careful. You could unpick the, um, the staple so they didn't rip it. And I was like, yes, that was me. Like, this is written for my time. Like we had very different childhoods. Yeah. Well, it was like Christina Aguilera, man, loved all of her. I was subscribing to dog fancy and putting dog posters on my wall. Huh. Okay. Well, but I mean, I relate to the carefully prying up the staples because I would, I would fall asleep and be like, let's see if without my glasses, I can name all the dog breeds. On okay. This and we're done with this conversation. <laughs> okay. The wedding party. Yeah. There was the incident where that kind of leads to them having to be bros. Oh goodness. Yes. Um, it was this awkward, like he pulls his shoulder to not like, let him have the last word. He'd be like, hey. And then he trips and falls into the... Like, it was this very, like... It was like an Anna move. Like, very yes. clumsy. I messed up and everyone's watching me and I don't like attention. So, that's kind of comical. But if the cake falls on you, 
my question here is, can you eat the pieces off your clothing? Because that's a $75,000 cake. That's, yeah. It's got to taste good. I, one would hope. So, like, I mean, like, clean cake that falls on you, and your clothes are already clean. Oh, I'm going to eat it. You're laying on the ground. Can't you just, like, pick it off your chest and be like, yeah. (laughs) I would eat it. I mean, because, you know. This, like, when I read this, the the first time, not so much because I was just experiencing it for the first time, but the second time I read it, which was for, you know, preparing for this recording, I... That scene in particular read like literally something that could happen to us very easily. Like you and I are both incredibly graceful mm-hmm. and and to the utmost the level. utmost level of grace. I literally tripped and fell into the bathroom this morning, and then I did. I saw that, and I was yeah. like, "What's happening?" Yeah, and I, I, like, I, I can't felt stop that, watching. Bounced forward. It was great. It was mm-hmm. it was lovely. So I could totally picture this happening to us. Yeah. Um, it is a small door opening, though, I feel to like. To be fair, thank you. Yeah. Thank you You're for welcome. rescuing me from my own like, clutziness. That's a small one because it's a little baby ensuite, so. Yeah. When you say all sweet, all it makes sweet. it sound so fancy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we got, we're fancy. And then I look at it and I'm like, okay. <laughs> You're like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, that that's a very, like, simple, simple, like, faux pas at a party and then mm-hmm. they just happen to fall onto the cake i think that was just like this moment where you're like oh and like they already have this kind of like discord among them mm-hmm. that they don't get along and it's kind of like rumored or whatever so like yeah if this just makes it worse so then they have to kind of pretend to be friends and get together and they have all these i loved the snark yeah like it's one of those like ha- ha- not really like love hate but like hate love like they hate each other and then they grow to love each other relationships well so i wanted to talk about that because you and i I can't remember if we've mentioned it on the podcast, but I know we've mentioned it to each other in, in our day-to-day. Our day-to-day. Our day-to-day. Um, but the love-hate relationships, you and I have never had one. Not, not, I'm not talking about you and I. I'm just meaning in well, our there's life. There's moments when I hate you and think about how I'd murder you when I can't get you to stop snoring from smacking your shoulder throughout the night. Okay, that's not what I was, I was okay, talking so about. That's not, okay. I'm just talking... <laughs> I was just talking about how... Um, we didn't start off as like enemies that then fell in love. That like fell have, in love. I have never had that as a relationship starter. Have you? No. I don't know. I mean, like does I just, that happen often? I, I feel I like no. I'm curious. Hey, listeners, it's a trope? has this happened to you? Yeah, it's yeah. I do want to hear about that. We've gotten some great emails lately. I just yeah. love responding. Miranda usually responds more to the Instagram because she's quicker on that, and I have a work Instagram and a personal Instagram, so that's enough for me. Um, and I usually handle some of the email responses, but I mean, we go over it together. So we yeah, both of our voices. And but. sometimes it takes a second because we have to like coordinate our schedules, coordinate our schedules to respond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wish we were, I don't know. I don't wish we were less busy. I just. We're like a good amount of busy. We're a good amount, a fair amount of busy. I just wish that our downtime aligned better. Yes. Our downtime does not always align. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. So love-hate relationships. Like, I don't know why we call them love-hate. I think they should be hate-love because that's the order it goes in. Okay. But it doesn't roll enough. off the tongue as much. It doesn't. Because of the, the content. You're like, stuff, hate-love? So. Is that. What? What's that? Is it like angry sex? Like, <laughs> I mean, this is an adult book. We can it is it an again. adult book. But, um, um, but I. I was just kind of curious about that. But then, like, the more I read it, because I generally, I kind of 
get frustrated with that trope mm-hmm. because but I did with this I this didn't sound, with this this was so I mean obviously in like a magical world where a woman is president and Trump doesn't exist this was so realistic it, it <laughs> was mean, it really everything was. else was yeah because like they're two um they're two like um not heads of state but like lower you know boys of state that they're they're basically political they're celebrities political heads political yeah. figureheads that have to enter Interact. Intervene. Interact. Interact. Too much coffee. They have to interact together socially every so often. And, you know, they're two world superpowers, so they have to kind of get along or look like they get along. I think the interesting part is when Alex first became aware of Henry, Alex wasn't elevated to that level of of scrutiny level right you're right, of, you're right. Uh, she celebrity. was governor at the time or congressman i don't i don't, I don't remember I don't remember um but i definitely know he wasn't he was he wasn't a, a first son right so he wasn't at that level yet so it was like for me as i read it it became it read a lot more like um do you ever have a sameness off with somebody where you like i know that that I have done this and I now that I'm aware of it I try not to but I see it in others. So like I'm a very masculine of center, you know, cisgender lesbian. She says this while she's wearing a queer and handy I made hat. this. I yeah. wanted I wanted I want to take your picture while you talk, so just keep going. Okay, so same off. So anyway, um like a sameness off where you meet someone that resonates at that same frequency as you as far as how you present. So like when a lot of times historically and currently when I meet a cisgendered lesbian that is very masculine of center we definitely recognize the sameness Mm -hmm. so that there's not a oh I didn't notice you but it's like instant recognition and then like but I'm gonna kind of slightly pretend you don't exist because like which one of like it's I don't know it's like this weird thing. Have you ever come across that? I still don't know what you're talking about. So. Really, you've never had a sameness off. Never. Oh, I've had this multiple times. Okay, well, listeners, weigh in. Have you had a sameness off? Like you don't acknowledge it. No, you just kind of casually pretend each other don't exist. Like you don't become besties. There's not a sexual attraction. You're just like I'm this one how can you also be this one is this like in home depot or work or it's not no it's generally somewhere where you're going to keep coming across that person or or friend circles or whatever and then like somebody has to break through the sameness off and be like hey you know blah 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 I, i i don't know it depends on how you meet them like how you're gonna can you walk us through one that you've had um, okay, so at one of my previous places I worked, there was someone that, that, that resonated at the the same frequency as I did. And we both were like, kind of, not standoffish, but just like... That the world can only handle one of us? The world, no. Is it a competition? Sounds, no, it's not a competition. We no, need more people in the world to be proud of who they are. I know, and we, we, we both were, but it was like, both of us were being that... 
And because we're used to running around in a world where we're the only one. Oh, it's almost like you like there's two of you there's and you two, don't know what to do. This town ain't big enough for the both of us. It's like okay. that. But so like you're trying to sit into a world where there's okay. only one, which is wrong. The world can fit both of us. And so it's like once you have that moment where you're like, hey, um, and you come up with some sort of icebreaker and you start talking. You want to go get lunch? Then it's fine. Okay. And do you it, like, see what I'm saying? Resolves it. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I haven't had that. No. Okay. No. I Maybe I'm just awkward. I know other people have had this. Okay, sure. Let's move beyond this. And we'll be right back. And we're back. I loved the Henry Alex garden kiss at the New Year's party. Oh my gosh, that was so sweet. I didn't like how like drunk Alex always was. And I almost yeah. wanted to do this episode while heavily drinking wine. And we saw how my like... You know, my, like, drunkenness got throughout the episode. But I was oh, like, I would oh. have to do so much editing. I know. And also, like, that's not really, like, a healthy way to do that. <laughs> but I just no. was, like... But I did notice, like, as he was with Henry, he didn't drink as much. Yeah. He made so that, some better decisions. Yeah, he made some better decisions. I do think, also, that kind of followed the journey of his self-acceptance. Because I know, as queer folks, a lot of times, it can be hard for us to overcome those, those feelings of... Um, you know, internalized homophobia. And especially when you're bisexual, I think. Well, yeah, because you're, you're, there, there's parts of your identity that are very, you know, quote unquote, socially acceptable. All of it is. All of it is the end. But as far as much of our current society mm-hmm. behaves, it acts like certain parts are acceptable. If you date a woman, that's fine. But if you date a man, oh, goodness, no. We can't handle it. And it's like, okay, bro, calm down. All of this is valid. Get over yourself. Get over yourself, you know? Um, so I, I can definitely see that. Like, I, I know I've had um, bisexual friends that it took them a while to kind of accept, you know, their full self because they were like, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to come out because, like, I ended up with a man. So mm-hmm. why bother? And it's like, because all of who you are is wonderful. Like, if, like when you die and I'm single, I'm still going to be gay. True. But if you were bisexual and I died... I'd still be bisexual. You'd still be bisexual. And, you, hey, who knows? Just with Maybe a lot of pugs. With a lot of pugs, yep. Uh, but, uh, I mean, you know, that, that can mean that maybe you fall in love with a man if, if you were bisexual. I know you're not. Um, but, uh. But that wouldn't erase my bisexuality. That wouldn't erase your bisexuality. With you. Absolutely. Like, so Alex starts thinking after they have that garden kiss that when he was, he thinks back to high school, looking mm-hmm. at guys in the locker room and not knowing if he wanted wanted them or he wanted to look like them and I feel like that like yeah. I, I feel like that I felt like that I'm not currently in a locker room with women sadly but no I'm just kidding um <laughs> but when I I was very shy and of course I always mm-hmm. thought I was heavy but now looking back on my high school pictures like I was very slim and so that's kind of funny when you look back and think reframing things huh yeah you think you're hideous and you're like oh my god I was so cute look at that this <laughs> bell bottoms no I'm just kidding um but I was so shy and I would go into the um, the bathroom stalls to change because mm-hmm. I didn't want people to see like my sports bra. And I had um, PE first period freshman year. Don't recommend that. Mm. So, um, but it was so awkward because it's like, do I just want like 
to look like them? Like, do mm-hmm. I want a different body type? Or am I looking because I'm interested? And, like, you're not really, because you're shy, you're kind of, like, you know, you know furtive glances. And also mm-hmm. you're like, don't look at me. I want to disappear into the wall. You know, that kind of thing. And that was such a real thing, like, moment that I connected with him. Mm-hmm. And was like, that, that, and, of course, the magazines. Like, that was my moment of, like, wow, that was me. Yeah. I... And also, he came out at, like, 21, and so did I. So I just really loved this Oh, there you go. How cute. Yeah. Like, formally came out. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's awesome. I um, I also remember being deeply troubled by locker rooms. But I did a whole lot of staring directly at the ground. It was a, just a lot of ground staring. Um, saw everybody's feet. But, yeah. I, um, I... I my fear and panic in the locker room was the same as it was walking past Victoria's Secret in the mall. Mm-hmm. Like, just, if I can just go very yeah. quickly, I don't know why I feel this way. I was always awkward because <laughs> I I kind of grew up in, like, a, a sex-shaming household yeah. where we don't talk about sex. You don't have sex until you're married, and I then you don't talk about it. kind of had the opposite household. Okay. Well, so Victoria's Secret for me was always like, this is a dirty place. <laughs> so, I know, but when I was in high school... A lot of my friends, like, would go in and buy their perfume or buy their underwear just because it wasn't, you know, their underwear was, like, cotton. I mean, some of it, obviously, you know, was probably edible. But uh, (laughs) I'm saying, like, the non-lingerie part. If you need a snack. Right. The non-lingerie part. Like, the pink collection. Right? So. The, like, however many for whatever dollars. Right. Right. So, I would go in with my friends and, like, get the scents and, like, hide it in my drawer and be like, oh, you know, like, this is the dirty store. (laughs) Just. Turns out, no, it's just a store that sells just, clothing for your bodies. Yeah. Somebody. And lingerie. And it's okay to have sex. Like, imagine that. Turns out. <laughs> See, okay, so I had I had a different um, household experience when it came to sex. Like, my mother tried to talk about it so much, it made me, like, deeply ashamed. And I was like, oh, no, this is bad. Like, I decided sex was bad and sex was Because scary. she was this, like, hornball and wanted to talk about it all the time? She wanted to talk about it all the time to let me know how okay it was to talk about it but also I, I should never have sex before marriage like and i pretty sure that came from my mom but then um growing up like as a methodist i mean i, I and in the south in the south kind of yeah th- that that message was there pretty heavily um and i went to an episcopal private school so like i i just tripled down on messaging um and uh, so I, I don't know. I just kind of shut a lot of stuff down. Yeah, I think it's hard. Um, like so much of our views of sex comes from our parents, mm-hmm. whether it's openly said or a lot of it is unsaid. Mm-hmm. And so what yeah. I wish my mother would have done for the talk instead of bringing out a poetry book about how man and woman become one. Yeah, which that, was that's a horrendous. very. It's a very limiting mm-hmm. view of sex as well. It was. And then she showed me anatomically correct photos of each. That was awful. Great. Um, like the day I got my period. So there was like all kinds of awfulness going on. Oh right? boy. You, you, she couldn't yeah. let you breathe a minute? <laughs> she couldn't let me breathe. Um, I did get to see him from school. Yeah? <laughs> that was the one thing. But um, Did you get ice cream at least? I don't recall. And oh. If I did, I probably wasn't in the... I wasn't hungry for it. I wasn't in the mood for it. But I think I just wanted... Like, I would, I would have wanted her to be like, sex should feel good for both people. And it can be 
for procreation or for expressing love or for just fun. Yeah. Like, that's all. It's like one sentence yeah. or two sentences, however you want to punctuate what I just said. Like, that's yeah. what I needed to hear. And then be like, hey, and I'm here for questions. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Because I felt so guilty having sex for probably until, like, my late 20s. That's a bummer. Like, I just felt like... I mean, it was great, obviously, because I yeah. was having sex with women. But, like, it just... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just felt like, this is not right. I don't yeah. know. Like, just... I don't know. It was that, like, Baptist guilt yeah. clinging to me. And now that yeah. we're married, it's like, okay, it's even better. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, sex is a very... It's a very complicated topic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Especially as queer folks. Because... Purity culture for everybody, not just queer folks, everybody. Purity culture is so problematic and it creates feelings of shame around things that don't need it and shouldn't have it. And it then, because you're you're putting a layer of shame on top of all of it, it makes it really difficult for kids to speak up and talk about it when they're curious or when they're having sex or, you know, even... Even past being, like, a teenager or early 20s, like, there's just this layer of, of shame that it takes a while to get rid of. And, um... And that shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't be the case. Because sex should always be a beautiful, positive thing that you actively choose and that, that feels good and that, that you want. And if you don't want it, then don't have sex. Like, exactly. like that. that's it. Like, full stop. Um... Because I, I also, you know, in addition to purity culture and in addition to um, sex being described, asked about, talked about too much, but also being described as just strictly between a man and a woman for procreation, um, you know, I... It seems very limiting. It is limiting. It's very linear. And it doesn't... It doesn't put women... Or, 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 heck, it doesn't even bring up, like, non-binary bodies mm-hmm. um, or intersex bodies. But um, it, it very much centers male pleasure. And it, it and importance. Cause it's and for, importance. It's for procreation. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it, by the very way that it's spoken about, it's that women are a vessel. And I'm sorry, but that's not, that's not true. Like, just... We're two people, whether, I mean, fill in whichever two people you want. If that's your choice or that's your pleasure. Yeah. Just, but I I don't know. It's just so problematic the way a lot of this is, is talked about in, in society Mm -hmm. at all. I was actually, when we, because of course for my book club with mostly queer people in it, we did obviously read the book because then I, you know, I wasn't going to talk to them if they didn't. We talked about the book and one of my friends asked about the sex scenes, like, what did you think of them as a lesbian? I was like. Well, as a lesbian, I've never had gay man sex, but... These are facts. I enjoyed them in the sense because, like, they're true to the characters. Like, just because I don't have those parts and can fully understand what that's like, I liked the scenes because I wanted them to be close together. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. Okay, because it's like, you can, you know, it's like when I read a, a hetero book, or just a book, I guess I what it's called. No, 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 no I'm just call kidding. them a hetero call book. A he- okay, okay. Because, because when we say, oh, it's just a book... Then yeah, that's, that's true. That's the cisgender, yeah, standard hetero that, yeah. things is a standard. So hetero yeah. book, because I read a lot of thrillers, and so and sometimes you know they have sex in there. Like 
every so often it feels like just it's for the sake of being like gratuitous but mm-hmm. every so often no like a rom-com mm-hmm. i read those the hetero rom-coms and it's like oh my god because you're yeah, rooting cute. for them you want yeah. them to have that moment exactly um but babe come on you're, you're like oh i don't have those parts if you don't have the parts store-bought is fine store-bought is fine when you can also enjoy what's happening yeah you know well and i mean what you said is exactly right it doesn't matter if you if you as a as the reader have that type of sex or want that type of sex you as the reader are invested in these two characters mm-hmm. and because they the the sex that they want to have is bringing them joy you're like yes i want this for you i love the build-up because they had to kind of get away from their security guards i know they were like constantly cock blocked like can they we talk were about that? it was professional cock blocking i loved it and casey did such a great job i just i love this author so much i mean i just they're a gem fantabulous love it um okay now that we've talked about the sex scenes is there anything else i'm just kidding (laughs) um i love the idea of the texas binder and getting texas to go blue which spoiler it does by the end because that has been um thought about and talked about many times can we please make that happen can we they thought it would happen in 2020 (laughs) um and that even his mom lost texas when she won the presidency which yeah i thought that was wild and i like think back because we've had we've had what now a couple texas presidents sadly yeah um and I <laughs> they're always problematic. <laughs> yeah. Um well we won't talk about that. Let's not drag it down. Let's not drag it but down. But they, they certainly their party captured Texas when they won the presidency. Yes. So I, I find it very interesting that that uh in this in this beautiful reality well, it's not reality. This beautiful thing we want alternate to be reality. reality. Alternate yeah, it's an reality. Alternate re- that's what it is. I was like, hey, if Texas can't get on board, we'll leave you behind. We'll make it anyway. Yeah. I just, I, I think we needed this book after um, Trump mm-hmm. and just so many things that happened Yeah, after Trump yeah. ruined the world. But um, <laughs> yeah, so this coming, this was really like a, a happy pride gift. It was. And I it think, was beautiful. Yeah, I think it was I loved beautiful. it. I want the collector's edition. Well, please. <laughs> <Sorry>. Please. <laughs> is, is Casey going to pop up on the computer and be I'm, like, well, just come here. They're going to be like, click here now to pre-order. Like, oh, my well, goodness. Amazon's all about that pre-order nonsense. Yeah. So it's not nonsense. Maybe, but... maybe let's go to their website. Oh, yeah. I'll do that. But I'm just, I have to have that book. And I need it now. <laughs> so, well, it's not out yet. I know. It's not out yet. Ha. But if, if, <laughs> uh, ha. But, um... Yeah, so if you own this copy, uh, a copy already, Queer Book Bomb it, and then get the new one for yourself, read it, and then Queer Book Bomb that, give that gift to someone Just else. Just keep on giving, keep on giving. Keep on giving, yeah, um... I also found it really real. Like, I just, I like this book so much because I feel like even though they're, you know, the first son and, and the prince, it's very relatable. Like, it is. Like, people, and, like, Zara <laughs> finding them, mm-hmm. that discovery of, like, you oh, knew. Oh, my goodness. I, I love You knew it was, was going to be coming. It was going to be coming, like, a, like a train on a track. Like, I, it was just going to. I couldn't believe, too, that, um, oh, what was the British security Yeah, but they guy? were engaged. Yeah. yeah. And I kept it a secret. Like, that was awesome. Well, that's that her was... job to keep secrets. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, oh, I'm going to talk about the Star Wars mural outside the palace. Oh, my goodness. I loved how they interwove, um, uh, like, Han and Leia yeah. as a... First as of all, a... where, where 
is that art that I can I want, purchase? I want that art. Because I love Star yeah. Wars and I, I love this book. And and we have referred to ourselves as Han and Leia before. Yeah. Because you say I love you a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I just say I know yeah. a lot. So Yeah. Because I feel your love. I'm glad you feel my love. You and I have talked about that I say I love you a lot. But I just, every time I feel it so much it wants to fall out. I have to tell you. Because I only want, like, if... if Goodness sakes, I hope it doesn't happen. But if ever something were to happen to me, I want the very last thing that I told you to be I love you. I want, I, I. Not buy me more almond milk. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> why didn't you make the bed? Like, I don't want that to be. I don't make be, the bed. That's. There okay. you go. Problem solved. <laughs> but, um, you know. I, I know. I get it. I just, you don't want it to be mundane. You want it to be full of love. I get yeah. that. And it, and I it appreciate always that. means so much. I don't say it because I don't have anything else to say. Oh, I don't. I know that. You've got. I'm a chatter. Multitudes of ideas in your head. I do. You're full of multitudes. I contain all you those You contain all of them. What do you think about the, um, the, the Luna rep, the Luna character? I really enjoyed luna as a character because he he was he was complex and he contained quite a few little interesting parts to the book right so and he and alex had interned for him yeah i and, liked that kind of interwovenness like yeah he and he just, was like a mentor like a yeah. gay mentor mm-hmm. for him um so that you know he could kind of see what a, a latinx out queer politician looked like could achieve was doing and I, I think that's really powerful because when we can't see who we are reflected out in the world it makes it hard for us to know what's possible it's hard to imagine us in a similar role absolutely and so and you can do it it just it's sometimes it's a lot harder it is or a lot takes harder longer. or takes longer takes more effort yeah absolutely and so that's why having mentors having representation matters so very very much because you can see, oh, I can be successful as an out queer person. I can biracial do that. Person, yeah. yeah, biracial person, yeah. Um, and and that that really matters. And so to see to see Luna being successful and making these choices, it it was, and he felt like a and fully joining the ticket wasn't character. he? V- wasn't he his pick for VP? I, I mean, or was just did he just join his campaign? I cannot remember. Man, we were so focused on the love story. We were like, oh, the other politics, blah. But when you read this, or if you've already read it, the other (laughs) politics are great too. I just really focused on the love. (laughs) When he switched, when he jumped ship. I don't think it was, I thought he joined the ticket. That was my understanding. I. Because it's a different, it's, it's, it was, that was her primary. I think he just joined the campaign. The campaign. Okay. But I can't that's, that's recall. What I anyway, okay. when he jumped ship and he joins, uh, was it Richard's, Richard's mm-hmm. campaign? And I mean, in a book with a less well-written character, it would feel like a plot device. Right? Yeah, this just felt natural. This felt natural. You were like, I, oh my gosh, like. Everybody was so upset. You were you were angry. You were concerned. You were like this. Why would he leave? What is happening? Right. And then I loved. I believe it was Alex's dad said he he wouldn't he wouldn't just leave if there weren't a really good reason. Mm-hmm. And like he had the faith in this 
guy to say, hey, it, it's got to be for a good reason. Okay, um, but that, my mind is jumping to different topics. Um, okay, you know that scene where Alex overhears Luna and Alex's dad, they're talking in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Did we ever find out what that was? I thought it was why he was, like, leaving and he wouldn't tell him. And it turns out that he had, like, threatened his family when he interned for Richards a long time ago. And he'd come on to him. And then other accusations of abuse were kind of stemming from what Luna was trying to uncover. And that comes out later. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't put those two together. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Okay. He was just like, just tell me what's going on and we can make it better. And he was like, no, I think this is the right candidate or something. Okay. So, okay. but yeah, but that all comes out later, and that's that's crazy. But let's do some something lighthearted. The fact that um, his Royal Highness Prince Dickhead Poop Emoji. <laughs> I love that throughout that the book, there the whole time. the whole time. Like even when they're <laughs> the dating and they're yes. in love. Yes. I would imagine they're in love. I think yes. they say yeah. I like it's even like pre love, falling in love moments. He still has it as. And I, I love that when he came out to his mother, his mother was like, "You this he better be for, if you don't feel forever for him, then mm-hmm. then don't do this. Because she wasn't like, don't do this, it'll ruin my chances. Right. But I feel she, like because it, he was the prince. I don't think it yeah. that, like if, if it had been a princess, I think it would have been the same thing. Yeah, because, it's, because it was, you're talking two, about two countries and, and political, political figures romance, and a lot of chaos. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, I felt in that moment that she wasn't doing it because it was a, it was a gay relationship. I agree. I agree. It was because of his, his, uh, role in, in that other country. I loved that moment where they're talking about two parentheses closing 3,700 miles. Mm-hmm. Like when they're both, um, talking to each other. I just thought that was so beautiful. Well, I thought there was a lot of little moments where we fell in love with them as a couple. Yes! The emailed love letter excerpts. Mm-hmm. I loved that the first time I read it. I loved it the second time I read it. And when he wore the tie with the yellow roses at the end. That was... When they had joked about him having a very bland attire for the majority of their get-togethers. And then Liam, the guy that, Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was an interesting kind of plot twist. That Alex had experimented with. Experimented with, with, made out with, that Mm -hmm. Liam was at the watch party at the end. What did you think of that? I I really enjoyed it because it was, um, you know, it, it, it kind of gave us some perspective on Alex that Alex had not allowed himself to fully see and understand part those parts of himself right um so even though obviously he's been bisexual this whole time his internalized homophobia the pressure he put on himself to to be a certain person you know visually to everybody um he couldn't allow himself to see those things he couldn't allow himself to see that, yeah, he's been attracted to men this whole time. He's, he, and these are wonderful parts about himself. And I did appreciate that he kind of, as he's going through this and unpacking things, um, because when you, when you start unpacking your own internalized homophobia, a lot of times you can end up being a jerk and being selfish. Or realize that you said hateful things to other queer people. Yes. Because you were hiding or scared. Yes. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. And so I did appreciate that Alex kind of got that about himself. And he was like, 
I'm really sorry. I'm a jerk. But I, I'm paraphrasing. No, horribly. but he he called him and he was and yeah. he was like, if you're trying to have a queer coming out, you know, whatever, this is not the time. And he yeah. was like, oh, okay, but it's like you can't really blame Liam either. No, but yeah. at the end, I think we got that closure, and I yeah. appreciated. I liked that he was there. I appreciated mm-hmm. that. Um, I want to talk about the rating. Okay, I give it four out of five rainbows. Oh, oh are we already here? We're already here. I, I. I didn't like the ending when I first read the book, and I didn't like the ending when I read it the second time. I was just disappointed with, like, he's got the key around his neck, and he takes him to his house, and then it ends. And I'm just like, but what's the plan? And, like, I know he says that he, that Prince Henry says, I'm calling him Prince Henry all of a sudden. Well, Henry says he bought a place in New York, and, you Mm -hmm. know, they're going to stay together. I just felt like I needed a little something extra. I don't know. That sounds really kinky. I needed a little something extra at the end. No, <laughs> I needed like um, a definitive plan of action of how they were going to stay together forever and get married and have babies. There you go. Well, that that's have... the easy part. Oh, well. They got money. They I think there could surrogate. easily be a sequel to this. Oh, and maybe easily. Maybe they were leaving that open for that. Okay, they maybe the so. Author, not, they the I will say this. So Alex is running around with this key to mm-hmm. home on his necklace under his shirt the entire book, the entire presidency, and he hasn't gone home. Home is very sacred. It's private. It's beautiful, right? So, so we have this perfect buildup of this, this metaphor of home, of self, of his, his truth, right? Of who he is. And he doesn't go home until... He has fully accepted who he is, who he loves. And then once, you know, together, they they work together with their families to resolve all the conflict surrounding them as a couple. Once you can work through that and you can go, okay, we can just be together and we can move forward because they've, I they've still re- wanted about... a little bit more definitive planning. That's what I'm gonna. Say. I'm sticking to my rating. You're not gonna get me to change okay. my rating. Okay. What are you giving it? Five out of five. What are you? Of course, I'm giving it five out of five rainbows. Okay. Are they glittering rainbows? They're glittering rainbows. Okay, fine. Well, I give four out of five glittering rainbows. I well, love. I'm this glad book. they're at least glittering. It's, it turned me on to a new author. Hmm. And <laughs> <laughs> um, in a time when I really, really needed it, and I think you know, so often. I come across a queer book and I'm like, I needed this. But then there's times where I come across a queer book and like my soul just feels renewed Mm -hmm. after reading it. And that was this book for me both times, Mm -hmm. even though I knew what was going to happen vaguely because, you know, you've read a lot in between that because I hadn't read it since, you know, three years ago. Um, But I recommended this book to so many people and I just think the characters, what they go through, it just feels so true. They're so incredibly relatable. Mm hmm. Maybe the tabloid story is like so realistic. I just, mm-hmm. I appreciated this book so much and um, I love the author. Um, since this is a special surprise episode, we um, have already talked about what our next book is, so we don't need to feature that. I will say that along the way of this podcast journey, we will be probably surprising you with episodes every so often. If we um, feel like it. If we feel like it. If our schedule allows. If our schedule allows. Um, 
If they don't stop making queer books. If they don't stop making queer books. We've gotten some great recommendations from our, our listeners for books. But I we want, appreciate that. I want to open up a special request for October because October is LGBTQ plus history month. And so if there is a book that is super important to you and has helped you in your life that has a historical aspect, we definitely want to hear about it as we make our final selections for the year. Yeah, that's been the one month, like, we're booked all the way into, like, next year for the yeah. most part. There's just so but, many books. Oh, there's, I, I, I will never say too many, because we can never have too many, but there are so many, and we love that. We want more. We want a bigger problem deciding what books to read. But October has been that one month that we just keep going, what about the, Because uh, I feel uh, like it's historically significant, and, like, yeah. there's a lot of pressure, especially there's a lot of pressure choosing Pride books mm-hmm. for Pride Month, mm-hmm. and October for History Month, and I just mm-hmm. want to be... Authentic in what we choose and make sure, you know, we have a, a positive book mm-hmm. and a historically significant book at the same time. Yeah, because I think other than this book, this is a fun, a fun book. Um, there are a couple heavy points, but it's a really, it's a light book. Uh, but uh, the other two books that we have for Pride Month are a little heavier. They are a little heavier for sure. Um, but they're extremely important. You know, we feel it. it to the community as a whole absolutely all right well until then we're all queer here absolutely absolutely